0: Welcome back to Three Decades of Tragedy, a History of the Thirty Years' War. So last time we discussed the Edict of Restitution, and this week we'll move on to more imperial politics. Like I mentioned last week, there was an electoral congress that was taking place in Regensburg that was around the end of 1630. The Congress started in July, and while it was overshadowed by Gustavus landing in Germany at that time period, in terms of the known slash what people remember about this time period it should not be ignored. Over 2,000 representatives showed up, which showed how important this was to the internal politics of the Empire, and there was still some stability in the system. Many of them came because they were worried about the Emperor stretching his authority too far through the Edict, and they wanted to resolve this whole thing with the Edict and other things related to what I'm about to discuss. The main goal of this Congress was to turn the Peace of Lübeck, the piece after the Danish War, into a settlement for the Empire. Well, a general settlement for the Empire, like with the previous wars and rebellions I mentioned before, aka the land grabbing and the like. Bernard also wanted to settle worries about secession by electing his son to become the King of the Germans, who was already the Archduke of Austria. Early into the Congress, one of his proposals was defeated very quickly. The electors refused to aid Spain in its military goals, not sending help for either Italy or the Dutch, aka The Imperials would not be sending military aid to them in either war, which was at this time they were besieging Casale and all that against the French. The Catholics also refused to support the dissolution of the Catholic League, and they feared that their forces would be joined to Wallenstein, which would just make him more powerful. Many electors also demanded Wallenstein be removed from his role before they could even be considered being dissolved. They feared he'd become too powerful and could even turn these guns on Vienna if he wanted to. A military general walking into the imperial capital of an empire or a country or whatever has its historic merits, as uh, this episode should be coming out the day after the Ides of March, which, if any of you in Roman history, just a fun little, not parallel, just a worry with any person who was a powerful military leader. Granted, I see that as unrealistic, because at this time Wallenstein had not shown imperial ambitions, and an army that size, which would have been reinforced by the Catholic League, was incredibly expensive. There was reasons, as I will cover now. Wallenstein did not do himself any favors when it came to court life. He did not work to create a circle of loyal followers and did not show up at important events like the Archduke Ferdinand, the Emperor's oldest son's coronation as the King of Bohemia, which led in part to the Archduke not becoming a fan of him, and he had previously not been a fan of Wallenstein becoming the Supreme Commander of the Imperial Forces. Wenzian also tended to act on his own accord and initiative, which made the rivals and others and other nobility suspicious of him. And because he wasn't good at really running the court life he was not in a good position to counter any rumor mongering against him. You know, his ambitions and other things, or potential ambitions. Obviously, court life is uh, a lot of backstabbing, if you know anything with history. That's a common trend across the most big courts. And he did lasting damage to himself by failing to create a greater influence on the Baltic Sea by the Imperials, and didn't really help contain the Swedish against the Polish, which led to the Great Failure and a chink in his armor appearing. The picture painted to me here is he was a general who would rather lead armies and do all that part of the position he was in than any sort of playing the political game. While being a general is certainly helpful, you can't ignore the game of politics in this environment, and how he acted certainly wasn't helping him, especially because he had a large army behind his back. Ferdinand did have doubts about him, but I don't think Ferdinand feared he would lead an uprising or anything like that. So he at least had that on his side. The image at court was basically a haughty, scheming, and untrustworthy general, which came to be his historical image for a long while. His contemporaries compared him to Sejanus, who was a Roman Praetorian guard who manipulated politics to grant himself more power and political influence at the cost of the Roman Emperor, which certainly was a good thing to, to be compared to, and Sejanus has a whole long history and very influential in terms of history, but I can't dig into that here. I recommend looking up, there's plenty of YouTube videos that do research on him. and have covered his story, so I recommend those. But back to Wallenstein. Lutherans also used him as a safe outlet for criticism. Many of them hoping that this was just that the emperor's advisors were being bad, and it was not his idea for the edict. Which was not an uncommon idea about, like, kings and emperors who were always thought to be good, and they just had bad advisors. And if we got rid of the bad people, then we would have the good king or good emperor back, and everything would be great, which, as everyone knows, history is not always the case, although sometimes it can be. Walntine had lost influence with the Emperor due to the fact that he had opposed the intervention in Mantua, as well as criticizing the Edict of Restitution, or at least not enforcing it, which might as well be criticism. On a personal front, he was also unable to pay even for the interest on the money he owed by May 1629, so he was forced to sell off property and borrow money, and he even proposed the Emperor to send troops into Silesia to collect taxes, which showed how bad it was for him. Ferdinand agreed to dismiss him as a general on August 13th, 1630, although at the time he did not have anyone in mind to replace him. He only sent a messenger by the beginning of September when the general was in southern Germany trying to be closer to the Mantuan situation. Wallenstein urged the Emperor to ignore the critics and stated that removing him would paralyze the army, which he certainly was correct about, as time will show on. It would also reduce the reaction time to the Swedish intervention, which was in its infancy at this point. Still, he was dismissed, and he fell into a depression, staying on one of his properties and drinking. The army then began to suffer, reducing his condition even more than it was already sort of decreasing naturally. Earlier, Wallenstein had said the officers could only demand half of what they could they could perform contributions, which was him trying to not look as bad to the public. So, with this move, Wallenstein was out of power, at least for now, especially with his personal debts laid up on him. He will certainly be back later, but we say goodbye for him for now. So, with Wallenstein out of power, Ferdinand finally chose a new leader of the Imperial Army. He chose Tilly, who became the the commander of the League forces and Imperial forces. The Emperor, to keep power and peace, kept the two armies separate, although they now had one commander who, as a reminder, was a underling of Maximilian. So, the Catholic League commander is also charged of the Imperial Army, but they're two separate armies. Tilly changed the financial structure of the military. Tilly reduced the size of the army, and reduced the reliance on contributions, and it did make the army more stable, but, like I mentioned, it was smaller. The Imperial Army went from over 100000 to 40000 and the the League followed suit, reducing down to 20,000. The taxes of the army then went in the system of two-thirds of it went to the Imperial Army and one-third would go to the League troops. The Emperor did realize that many of the lands would default in taxes due to just lack of money, so the army was allowed to use a limited use of contributions to maintain itself, which was not something people were happy about. This reformed army then became a model for a setup of a permanent army under the Emperor, although it would be heavily changed as time went on. This arrangement was not liked by a lot of people, but it was meant as a stopgap. It was a compromise between someone like Wallenstein and the League, where it was someone from the League was in charge of the army, but They also were commanding two armies, but they had another master that they had to rely on, which Tilly was basically a man who had to obey the command of two masters, both of which had different goals or potentially different goals, which could certainly not be fun to deal with. The army stayed in its decentralized form due to Italian and Habsburg hereditary troops being under separate commands, along with a Westphalian army under the League, under Anhalt being separate, although at this point they were under Pappenheim due to Anhalt dying. The Westphalian army suited Ferdinand's needs, but made Tilly's job harder due to him only having control of most of the forces, which meant there armies that even he couldn't command, at least not directly. So Tilly was basically in a rough position, and he was stretched thin, and he didn't have complete control of the imperial forces, which I don't envy him he also had to do with the swedish forces who at this point were much more centralized tightly disciplined and organized and had a much more unified goal and speaking of the swedish the intervention into germany will begin next episode so i hope you guys are excited for that and i'll leave off this episode here as i already covered the end of mantua earlier and we should be jumping into well the intervention with sweden I want to thank you for listening in and I hope you're enjoying it. Social media links will be in the description box or the links themselves. You can email me at 3DECOT at gmail.com. Reminder that I have a Patreon if, if you wish to support me and thank you to all those who do and to review and spread the word and I'll see you guys next time.